Welcome to the Health, Happiness and Planet podcast. In today's episode, we are going to focus more on the area of energy and happiness that comes through exercise and movement. I have the pleasure of having this amazing guest who currently lives in Florida, USA. Her name is Fitz Kuller. She is a fitness innovator with a master's degree in exercise and sports sciences from the University of Florida, who has been teaching fitness around the globe for decades. She is the president of Fitness International LLC, which is a fitness company that specializes in fitness education via mass media and fitness programming for children called Morning Mile. With the initiative called Morning Mile, she is changing the health of the next generation with her creation of the widespread implementation of this before-school walking or running program which allows students to begin each day in an active, healthy and fun way. The results have been spectacular so far with children from over 180 schools completing almost 2 million miles altogether. Fitness International is excited to have spread this energizing and effective program throughout the United States, Canada and Japan. Fitz's mission is to add 10 years onto everyone's life she comes across. She appeared in many TV shows, appearing in Fox, ABC, CBS and NBC network affiliates over 200 times. She is one of the premier race announcers in America hosting some of the largest and most prestigious races from coast to coast. She had the opportunity to work with hundreds of the biggest stars in television, radio, film and sports, such as Brooke Shields, Christina Applegate, Vanessa Williams, Venus Williams and dozens of other Olympians. She is also an amazing athlete who has done many kinds of sports like surfing, skiing, paddleboarding, wakeboarding and has appeared on ESPN several times as a result of her competitive, full-contact kickboxer skills. She is a gamer who's up for almost any athletic adventure. Fitz is a breast cancer survivor who wrote the ultimate handbook for surviving cancer while thriving. In year 2013, Fitz received the Community Leader Award by the President Obama's Council of Fitness, Sports and Nutrition. She was also recognized with the YMCA Sportswoman of the Year and Business in the Heart of Florida Magazine's 40 Over 40 Award. Fitz enjoys working for nonprofits with children and she is a leadership council member for the University of Florida's Diabetes Institute. I am thrilled to introduce you to this amazing guest, Fitz Kuller. Welcome, Fitz, to the Health, Happiness, and Planet podcast. It's so lovely to see you here, and thanks for your time. Uh, thanks, Juan, and you are speaking my language with that title. I'm excited to talk to you about it all. Oh, it's, it's so great that you uh, have the same passion as we do here in this um, podcast and for our listeners, and that's why my first question to you is, how did you find your passion, and what age were you, more or less, when you found out this is what I would like to do? Yeah, so I actually, I started teaching fitness right before I turned 15. Joined a gym, I had knee surgery, and I went to physical therapy. That led to a gym membership so I could keep my legs strong and not re-hurt it. I play soccer or football, and um, I fell in love with it. It's just, I thought it was fun. I love being at the gym. I love taking classes. I loved working with weights. 
And uh, I had a job at a place making cinnamon buns, <laughs> very large, unhealthy cinnamon buns. And the manager was super mean. And so at some point I thought, this is not working for me. And I quit. And uh, I applied at the gym I was attending and they said, sure, come on board. So I, they had me teach my first class three days after my interview. So it went like that. But thankfully, it was something that I was naturally good at. And I, I really enjoyed the connection with the people in my classes, and I enjoyed helping them. And I didn't really know I was going to do it as a full-fledged career yet. In fact, that took quite a few years. I started teaching on television when I was about 20, and that really made an impact on me. So two things. Number one, I, I learned that my skills were transferable from a live audience to a camera. And that's not always the case. But I was able to do my job and coach exercise efficiently on television. But the fallout from that TV show was magic. I would have strangers approaching me all the time and say, are you Fitz? And I'd say, yes. <laughs> They'd say, I love your show and I work out with you all the time and I've lost 17 pounds or my back no longer hurts. And that was very impactful to me. It was those moments with strangers that not only solidified the fact that I wanted to continue teaching fitness for the rest of my life in, in whatever form, but I wanted to do it on mass scale. So it's funny, that was actually what took me out of a gym. I haven't taught fitness in a gym in decades. I mean, everything I do is mass media or live audience work because I want mass impact. Teaching to 50 people at a time is just not enough for me. I want 100, I want a million. Exactly. Uh, sometimes I get like 8 million. It depends what show I'm on or what audience I'm in front of. But I fell in love with it and I found my niche and... I haven't looked back. I love what I do. And the thought of retiring just is <laughs> gut-wrenching to me. I hope I never do. Yeah. And one can see it when one watches your videos, when looks in your accounts or anywhere, you can see the energy that you have in doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I really believe in my subject matter and I really care about people. And, you know, if I can get them excited about it, I can help change lives. Yeah. It's very important stuff. To be healthy, there's so many factors. Yeah? There's the factor of maybe sleeping well, eating well, doing your exercise, um, having healthy habits. And what do you think is the factor just doing movement, just being out there, doing some movement? What factors that play in the whole holistic view of health and fitness? Yeah, so there's a few things, and I like to keep things simple, stupid. So I'll start with the top four. Number one is actual exercise, you know, physical fitness. Then there's nutrition. There's getting quality sleep, and there's removing the cranky people. And I think that's real important <laughs> that you disassociate from bad people, toxic people, etc. But then to expand a little bit on it, when it comes to the physical part of fitness, there are four pillars of fitness, and uh, you need to be proficient in all of them in order to even qualify as fit. And so we have so many people who are athletes, you know, maybe they run marathons or they do cycling events, but they don't qualify as fit. Um, because they're lacking in one of these pillars. So the pillars are strength, cardio, flexibility, and balance. You know, if you're a marathoner, but you can't do five push-ups, <laughs> are you really fit? Yeah. No. If you are a bodybuilder who can't touch your toes or his toes, are, are you fit? And so the answer is no. You need to be proficient in cardiovascular exercise, your heart and lungs, your strength, and that's overall body, the ability to press, lift, push, pull against resistance, 
flexibility is your ability to move your body in a broad range of motions as they were intended to do. And then, of course, balance training. I find this is the most neglected pillar of fitness. But if you do not train for balance, you are more likely to fall down. (laughs) And if you're a younger person, you may not be worried about that. But uh, even as a younger person, if you're a grown up, Falling down hurts and often leads to injury and certainly embarrassment. And then as we age, falls are one of the um, number one causes of premature death in our seniors. So those are the four areas of fitness. And then when it comes into nutrition, there's really food that helps, food that hurts, eat more of the good stuff, less of the bad stuff, and then manage your intake. And so I use the exact formula for weight loss. It's a simple equation that anybody can use and it's just you eating the right amount of the right food for the size you want to be i keep the exact formula for weight loss on the cover of fitness.com and then other than that it just again get the sleep prioritize sleep and then remove the cranky people exactly that's good for your mindset once you get rid of all those people with their negative vibes that's already half of the the achievement (laughs) yeah yeah family or not just it's not okay for people to be mean to you or to make you sad all the time and gotta give them the heave ho I i believe in that that's right But it's so amazing what you said about those different aspects of being fit, because when I think back about the times when I was younger, I was reading all that health and fitness magazines and muscle and fitness and flex. So they're all like very focused on how you look from the outside. And I was going a lot to the gym. But then as soon as I had to, as you said, touch my toes, I'm like, whoa, my toes are so far away. (laughs) And as soon as I went to my first yoga course and I was thinking, wow, how come I'm always tipping over everybody? seems to be full in balance and I'm yeah. the only one just falling over every 10 seconds and it's really so important to have all those pillars it is and you know god bless the folks who are out there running every day or swimming <laughs> every day or whatever and, and that's to be celebrated but in order to be fit which I believe is the goal if you're out doing these things especially some of our endurance athletes is you've really got to pay attention to the other pillars and you know if you don't uh, you are likely to be injured you're likely to have pain and suffering and and certainly not be as good in the area of fitness that you really enjoy so you know be well-rounded you don't have to be crazy but (laughs) the time in for strength flexibility balance and definitely cardio all of it counts and would you say you should put all of those components into your training that will be let's say on on day one you would have to do a little bit of all or you do one day which is for strength one day is for flexibility or how would be the best uh, way to do it Yeah, the answer is yes. So um, (laughs) it's up to you. Uh, I think cardiovascular, the huffing and puffing should come most days a week. Strength training, they say one day of strength training a week is maintenance. To make progress, you should be challenging your body two to three times a week. That's each muscle group two to three times a week. I prefer every other day because I am very serious about strength training. I believe it's the fountain of youth and the thing that will keep me um, looking good and feeling great for a very long time flexibility throughout every day and so my policy with stretching is of course I do a great post-workout stretch because that's a great place to make progress but every single time I let my dogs out at the back door I get down on the ground and I stretch my hips and I I think there's no bad time and and you and I we can sit here talking and we can stretch and you know increase mobility better posture that the feel goods that come from that And then balance should be done regularly, a few times a week. So you build it out. If you want to dedicate three hours one day and three hours another day, fine. If you want to do a little bit here and there, that's fine too. But 
It should be frequent. Why? Because we want our bodies to feel great. Don't be satisfied with meh. You know, can you do better? And it's not about you doing what I do or doing what um, our favorite Olympian does. It's just about you getting 1% better every day. Can you be a little better? Can you do a little more? Don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be what you were in high school. You just got to do something to challenge your body. So, uh, yeah. And, Is that and a defi- good answer? Yeah, definitely. Especially that continuous improvement mindset where you know, where am I today? And where do I want to be next week, next month, next year? And then just build upon that and do not compare yourself with others now who have maybe done something totally different for their whole lives. And you cannot say, okay, they've done it for 10 years. I'm doing it since three months. I cannot compare myself to that person. I need to compare myself to myself. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're all going to have these weird stages. I mean, I had cancer a few years ago and... Very instantly, I wasn't able to do what I had done two weeks prior. I mean, it just, I dealt with my body and my health as it came, and I did the best with what I had when I had it. Yeah. That's good enough. Exactly. Exactly. Have you had clients who look good on the outside, but are still sick on the inside? Because a lot of people uh, have that issue, you know, that they think, oh, if I look great, if, if I don't have a belly, then that means I'm good in health. I don't need to do any more blood tests or anything. How is your point of view on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of very thin, unhealthy people, and uh, skinny is no compliment. Skinny is not praise. I have a good friend of mine. His name is Dave McGilvray. He is the race director of the Boston Marathon. He's a wonderful man, super, super nice. Dave's in his mid-60s, and what he did, he's run, I think, the Boston Marathon for every year for almost 50 years. Wow. And he's the race director, so he puts on this iconic, world-famous running event that is televised and all the big deal stuff so he he works in the morning get the elites off the world champions and then thirty thousand other people and then once everyone is on the road and things look good dave will go back to the start line and run it himself so this is a man who's in great shape in fact on his birthday when he turned 50 he ran 50 miles when he turned 58 he ran 58 miles so this is a guy who's committed to running however he wasn't so committed to nutrition And Dave has had two major heart surgeries because of it. So he's this great example of living in an extraordinarily fit athletic life, but not taking care of his insides and almost dying because of it. So Dave shares that story. So I'm sure he doesn't mind me using him as an example, but you have to do both. If you're someone who eats meticulously, yet you never exercise, well, prepare to uh, pull your back out or fall down, right? And if you only focus on exercise and don't focus on nutrition, prepare to be overweight or sickly or diseased. So uh, yeah, it all goes hand in hand. And uh, I don't promote any of the gimmicky stuff, Juan. So there is no pill, no powder, no supplement. None of that snake oil is going to solve your problems. It's really you just making these decisions for yourself and following through on a daily basis. Again, we're not aiming for perfection. We're just aiming for better. And if you're constantly getting better, you're definitely not getting worse. And, you know, the progress will be pretty extraordinary. Yeah, amazing. What would you say for a person who is starting out to do some movements, some exercise, and they want to know why does the body respond that way? Why is it so important for the body to move? What What is the reaction that the body is doing that is going to make you healthier and it's going to make you thrive by doing some movement and some exercise every day? What is being triggered by that? Well, there's some simple questions we ask is on any given day doing any given thing, would you rather be stronger or weaker? 
<laughs> I mean, is there ever yeah. a day where you thought, gee, I wish I was a little weaker. That would help. Yeah, right? That would make me feel better, do more. And so the outcomes are prevalent in not only the way you move, the way you feel, the way you sleep, the way you stand. And so it's interesting. Uh, many people use their children as an excuse. Well, I can't exercise. I have children. Oh, really? Because I think your kids are incentives. You brought these humans into the world. Now it's your responsibility to take care of yourself so you can stick around and support them for a very long time. And so lead don't by example. Your children. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't use them as an excuse for you to go to pot. Not okay. Yeah. And then there's always the professionals, right? Juan, you and I, we're busy career people. We travel. We deal with people on a very high level. That's not an excuse to not take care of ourselves. In fact, again, it's incentive. I'm highly motivated. And let's say I wasn't in fitness. Let's say I was in something else. But I know that when I walk into a room and I stand up straight, my shoulders are broad, and I've got great confidence and great energy, someone says, wow, she's a go-getter. Yeah. I'd really like to have someone on my team that's got so much energy and capability and confidence and poise and can get things done. But if you walk into a room and you're overweight and you're tucking your belly into your pants and feeling uncomfortable and your posture stinks and you're not exuding energy who wants to hire you who wants to work with you and is it reflective of what's in your mind and your expertise and your skill maybe not i'm not saying it's fair but it's the reality if you want to be a successful parent if you want to be a successful professional fitness matters if you want to be a successful spouse you know people who take care of themselves have better attitudes usually. They have this outlet for stress management and they show up and they're kinder when they come home at night or when they get in bed with their spouse. They feel more confident. So, you know, I teach, I do a lot of keynote speakings. One of my, speaking, <laughs> I do a lot of keynote speeches. And one of my favorites is fixing your life with fitness. Now, of course, I call it fitness because it's my brand, but really, I believe fitness is the magic pill. This is the thing that will fix almost all aspects of your life if you commit to it. Yeah. Especially in today's society that a lot of people are very sedentary because there are just so many hours yeah. in front of the computer, so many hours sitting. Right. And it's like, you know, they said the new cigarette today is actually the chair because you're just using the sedentary. chair way too often. Yeah. And yeah, but again, look at me. Maybe I look like a weirdo on your screen, <laughs> but can I sit at the computer and have a Zoom meeting and do stretches? Yeah. And if it's a meeting and I don't have to have my camera on, can I do lunges? Can I yeah. do dips? Can I stretch? Can I walk in place while I'm talking to my boss or my coworker or, exactly. or someone else? For sure. So it's it's making those choices. And then usually if you get those little choices like walk and talk meetings instead of lunch meetings, yeah. everything in your life becomes a lot easier, oh, especially yes. fitness. <laughs> and you also mentioned traveling because I also had to travel a lot and I know you have to travel a lot. And a lot of people come up with the excuse, oh, I cannot go to the gym today because I'm traveling or next week I'm right. on the road. So I'm actually thinking, mm -hmm. well, but you know, where there's a will, there's a way. So my question for you is, is, for example, body weight training when you are traveling just as good for strength training? Is that also considered strength training? Hey, we go back to the ancient Romans and they've got <laughs> statues, right? And those statues are pretty impressive. These guys were jacked up, right? Very muscular. They didn't have a, a gym. They didn't have some <laughs> shake full of protein powder. What did they do? They lugged cinder blocks. They walked places. They maybe ran. They farmed. So... You don't need a gym to be fed. And of course, lifting your body weight 
is a fantastic choice. In fact, I think it's the most important thing for you to be able to lift. Now, I travel with bands, resistance bands. I love taking those. They're always in my backpack, my purse, my car, my luggage. I never go anywhere without bands, and they really make fitness easy. But I've traveled all over the world, and what I have found is there are sidewalks in every country, every state in my country, every city. There are sidewalks that you can get out and walk on. There are parks. There are fields where you can run and do push-ups and burpees or lunges or whatever you want to do. You can exercise in your hotel room. In fact, we all know that most hotels actually have fitness centers. Some of them are better than others, but there's always an option. And then here's the other thing, Juan. I'm going to surprise the Dickens out of you. Are you ready? All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. They sell fruits and vegetables and water in every town on earth. Wow. (laughs) I know. I know. So you can actually get healthy food even in an airport. That's mind blowing. (laughs) uh, I know. It's a revelation. I'm bringing big stuff here to the table. But yeah, it's just excuses. And I want people to change their mindset. That's one of my great gifts professionally, Juan, is... Uh, being the person that gets to poke someone in the chest or shake them and say, you're doing it wrong and this is what's going to happen to you. And I get to be honest with people. I get to be brutally honest because people know I love them, right? (laughs) So if their spouse says, hey, honey, you've put on some weight. I'm concerned. All of a sudden you're thinking, you just called me fat and unsexy and let's get a divorce or let's fight. (laughs) When people come to me, they're coming specifically for guidance. And I can say, hey, you need to cut out the drinking. You need to cut out the cigarettes or heart attacks on your horizon or cancer or whatever. So I do love being able to tell people the truth. And I hope people are open to hearing it. And I imagine if they're listening to your podcast, they are. Yes, definitely. And one of the things I really love is your motto, where you say that for every person you meet, you would like to extend 10 years of their life. Yeah, Yeah, tack 10 years of quality life onto everyone I come across. That's the goal. That's so powerful. I hope hope it's working. I think so. Yeah, I think it's working. Definitely, especially when you're spreading all of that knowledge and the motivation, because I think a lot of people probably intuitively know, "Mm, I maybe should do it. I should maybe move more. I should maybe train more. But then they don't have somebody who's really telling them, okay, now it's time to do it. Let's uh, let's put it in your schedule. Let's get things done. You don't have to block, let's say, two hours of your schedule. You can just do it in between. For example, when I'm working for hours in front of my computer during the day, I just every hour I just get up, I do some stretching I hang on my pull-up bar so I get all stretched out again and I always when I speak with somebody on the phone that I'm already uh, on the floor I'm doing all kind of weird yoga yeah so therefore I think that there is really absolutely no reason why people should just talk to themselves to say it's not possible you know so that's the word possible so my intentions as a fitness professional is to make fitness understandable attainable and fun and it's the understandable part if people know those four pillars of fitness and then they know that yeah even if you do just one minute here and there or an hour you know whatever it is it's going to benefit you then so you go okay i understand this attainable know that there can be a better version of you you know i think most adults most grown-ups we're not trying to be a kardashian out in a thong on the beach what we're trying to be have is a healthy body that feels good and works the way we want it to and if we look great too fantastic but you know our goals our intentions are different than maybe they were when we were 16 so it's understandable attainable yes you can be a better version of yourself even if you've gone way off the the path if you're obese or, or whatever yes you can get back to normal and healthy it's totally attainable and lastly it's fun you know, just because I work in the running industry, I'm a race announcer, right? I host some of the most iconic running events in the United States. 
I don't need everybody to run. If you hate running or your knees hate running, fine. Do something else. Go swimming. Go dance. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just do you. And if you look forward to exercise because you've chosen something that you think is fun, you're going to be far more likely to stick with it. Exactly. And from all the different types of movement and sports that you have seen, what is the one that can be recommended for people who say, well, I want to become 100 years old and I still want to be able to move well. So there's certain sports where one says, well, if you do that sport, you're probably going to get injured after a couple of years. And if you do that, you might have knee injuries. Or So is there any type of uh, movements that one can recommend for people who would like to do it for the long haul? Well, yeah, so it's contact sports that <laughs> we have the most risk, right? Contact sports, X game stuff. Um, but when you're in running and walking, You know, people are like, I can't run. Well, running is actually great for your body. It's great for building bone density and preserving muscle mass and uh, your heart and lungs. Running's great. If running for some reason is off the table for you, walking, walking's an extraordinary way to go. And it's something we all know how to do, right? We learned unless you were born with without a leg or you've suffered some sort of accident, most of us know how to propel ourselves forward. So, you know, whatever distance you want to walk is fine. And and we always encourage everybody to join the, the running community, even if you never, ever run, because a 5k is 3.1 miles. You can walk it. Nobody cares if you're running or walking. Just go. Yeah. Go be part of the community. Get the shirt. Get a medal. Get the motivation for someone like me and the camaraderie of all the other athletes, you know, your neighbors, your friends, regular people. I see at my finish lines every year, I have dozens and dozens of people in their 90s doing full marathons. That's 26.2 miles, full marathon, people in their 90s and their 80s. So it is attainable. And because they started running and walking when they were younger they've been able to maintain it it's an extraordinary thing to witness and it's really motivational for me i think swimming is the go-to for or or training in the water so some people don't know how to swim which i think is weird because <laughs> i'm from florida and it's a life-saving commitment to yourself and your family everyone needs to know how to swim but the water is just such a wonderful place that's very forgiving so whether you're pregnant or you're injured or you're rehabbing or you're older it just doesn't hurt in the water you can run in the water and it doesn't hurt you know if you're if you're swimming at a moderate pace or moderate distance you're very unlikely to be injured by it so yeah anything that feels good to you if obviously pilates yoga tai chi some of these things are just built to keep you going for a long yeah. time yeah. um so yeah but do what feels great if you're 75 and you want to go skiing down the black diamond go do it go do it Fun. <laughs> yeah. Life. yeah have you had any experience from clients who have done crossfit is it something oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and i've done crossfit and i i think there's a lot of uh, good to it there's some risks involved mm -hmm. there's some moves that are a little to me the cost benefit ratio just isn't good enough that i would recommend them to average Joe or average Jane, but I, a lot of people enjoy CrossFit and have okay. a lot of success. In fact, I see those people out at obstacle course races. So yep. that's the kind of race, one of the kinds of races I really enjoy participating, Spartan or Savage and yep. all the CrossFitters. And I'm a pretty fit girl, but I go out there and the girls who do CrossFit, they are <laughs> muscular. They make me look like olive oil. They're very fit. Um, yeah. 
Wow, that's good to hear. Yeah, because my daughter, she was in CrossFit and she really liked it a lot. But now she moved over from CrossFit. She's just doing her own type of training in the gym. Okay. And even though she's 13 years old, but she loves it. She's going there like almost every day a week. We even have to tell her, hey, could you take a break at least one day of the whole week? Because <laughs> your body needs to rest in order to grow. Right. So at least I'm so happy about that because I think that a lot of young kids, when they know that they set a goal and that they can achieve the goal, then somehow they're more consequent with other things in life as well, but that they know... I have the mindset that if I set something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to achieve it. Yeah? So I think that's something that it will help them in their future life as well. I completely agree. My kids, all the way through their childhood, middle and high school, my rule is you have to be an A sport and join a club. I do not care what club, what sport you choose, but you have to be a part of it. And it's, you know, not only for physical health, but learning to be a leader, learning to be a follower, learning to win and lose with grace, right? Um, Sports and athletics are important, make us better people. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I've always seen when I meet people around the world is that everybody has come to this world with a specific magic. Everybody has some kind of talent that they came here to do on this planet. But if they are sick and unhealthy, they might not even be able to achieve that passion that they have or that vision that they have because they're always struggling with their health. And that's why for me, it's so important to get that message across here that if people start getting healthier, then suddenly your horizon opens and you will have the possibility of doing all of your goals, all of your passions that you have and when you get to the end of your life you can look back and you can say i'm so happy that i was able to do everything i wanted to do because my body allowed me to do it absolutely in high school i was overweight i actually had an eating disorder which wasn't a lot of fun but i did not like my body and i spent so much time thinking about my body parts that i didn't like that i did not spend time thinking about my friends and the fun things it closed off the world to me in so many ways just because i was Uh, self-conscious and not feeling good about myself. Now I look around, I see people, maybe they go on a cruise, for example. They say, I'm going to get my money's worth at the buffet. Well, P.S., you're never going to get your money's (laughs) worth at the buffet. It's just not going to happen. But also 10 years from now, you're never going to look back and think fondly about that rice you ate. If you go dancing with your family or make a new friend or you do zip lining or you go on an excursion, then you have memories to take with you. There's just the food focus, alcohol obsessed mindset. It's just limiting you from experiencing the real joy of life, which ideally is making memories for yourself and your friends and your family. Yeah, Yeah, get out there. Go do stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's the things that you will remember when you are someday really old and you think, well, I had so many great experiences in my life and I had such great feelings out of those experiences that you can always look back to. I've I've never heard someone being interviewed saying, you know, I had this rice once. (laughs) I had rice. It's great. I had this roll at dinner. It's just really fulfilled me. No, it doesn't happen that way. (laughs) One thing that I get asked quite often, because a lot of my listeners know that doing exercise is good, aerobic and anaerobic. But then comes the question, what is the ratio? Should I do 50-50 or or is there a recommendation to do, let's say, 80% anaerobic and 20% aerobic? So what is your take on that? I, you know what? I really don't have a take on that. Okay. I got to tell you, I really don't. It's a, it's a great concept, but I think you should have a combination of both. 
Um, so endurance, stamina, is your aerobic activity, your ability to go for a, an extended period of time to challenge your heart and lungs. But then, of course, really challenging your heart and lungs in ways where, you know, can't even process the oxygen is quite important, too, for those fight or flight moments. You know, let's say you're being chased by a bear. How far can you go? Right. So um, strength training, plyometrics, it's all very important. So a good combination. Yeah. What you like, do some of both, but mix it up in a variety that yeah. feels good to you. Perfect. If there's a day where, let's say, we have a lot of meetings and we don't have much time for exercise and you say, I would like to get something in for my strength as well as for cardio, would you say Tabatas would be a good option? If you're on a super busy, hectic day, mm -hmm. I would say choose 10 exercises and committing to doing one minute of each throughout your day. So you're just going to do one minute of push-ups, even if they're on your knees, yeah. one minute of squats. One minute of lunges, one minute of dumbbell curls. Yeah. So if it's a real high pressure day, one minute here and there. And if you can do more, great. Very, very good. For people who are thinking about doing some kind of aerobic exercise, is there any recommendation for beginners? Like some say, well, maybe I could do some cycling. Maybe I can do some swimming. Maybe I can do some running. Is there any direction where you would uh, say, okay, you're a beginner. Let's start with A or B. Yeah, so as far as activities go, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, yeah. do whatever you like, do what you have access to, mm -hmm. what feels good and fun. But the way to, to know you're challenging yourself with cardio fitness is that you're huffing and puffing. Yeah. And so start small wherever you are, start where you are, start small so you don't have setbacks. Let's say you're going to walk. I'm going to walk for cardio fitness. Okay, well, if you can walk and chit-chat with your friends for 30 minutes without sweating, without huffing and puffing, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. So what you could do is either walk really fast, you could walk up a hill, something that makes you huff and puff. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that will make you stronger. That's what makes you better with cardiovascular exercise. So of course, you know, starting at a low level or a short period of time, five minutes of exercise, moving up to seven minutes of exercise. Yeah, it's the huffing and puffing is the thing you want to look forward to. And know that if you go from huffing and puffing to hyperventilating, you've gone too far. Oh. So manage your output so you don't do too much. Remember, again, if you're new, don't <laughs> expect to go run a whole mile or to swim a mile. You're just going to do something. It'll make you huff and puff. You can feel good. Change your clothes. Go home. And then do a little more the next day. Okay, very good. That's a good way of measuring that. And if I think back... There was a point in my life where I was going to the gym almost every day. I was doing almost two hours and I didn't take any break like for almost two years. And, okay. and so my mindset was really very automated. So I had something set on my agenda. I said, okay, it's on my agenda. So I'm just going to press play. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about what my body is telling me. I'm going to just go for it. Yeah. So that's one yeah. of the things that really helped me. But on the uh, downside, on the flip side, I was not listening to my body when it was telling me, you got to slow down now. I need a little bit more time time to recuperate to rest yeah and then yeah. at some point of time I was getting joint pain I was getting knee pain I'm thinking okay why am I getting more achy everywhere and it's because my body just needed maybe a couple of days rest for you what are the red flags that you usually see or do your clients see when they know okay I have to now maybe slow it down a little bit pain yeah I think pain is a <laughs> pain is a, is a great decider of when you should slow it down you know if you're going through an actual exercise and something hurts it's not gee this is challenging gee this is hard you think Oh, that hurt. Stop doing it immediately. If you leave a workout and for the next two days you're debilitated, you can't sit on the toilet or stand up and you can't brush your hair, that tells me you just need a little break. Give your body an extra few days. Even if you had planned to go back to the gym and train that muscle group two days later, 
Give it the third day. It's fine. There is no finish line with fitness, right? You don't have to get to point B. Um, Listen to your body. I do. I do. And then the other thing that I think goes a long way is variety. You know, there's a couple of rules on that is when you go into the gym, if you go into a gym, the worst piece of equipment in the gym is the one you're not using. So try not to get too stuck on routine, right? Your routine should be to show up and work and uh, challenge your body, but it shouldn't be, I'm going to do these same exact exercises using the same equipment every single time. In fact, your body will benefit so greatly if you do something completely absurd that you've never done before. So maybe you take a beginner karate class and you just do it for one week and then you don't join. Fine. Maybe you take Pilates and you've never done it. Maybe you do Zumba or boot camp class or you just get on a a stepper if you've not done it ever or in a while. And so the more diversity within your workouts, the better your body is going to respond and the greater results you'll see. Excellent. Yeah, because I guess that way you don't accustom your body of just doing the same pattern, the same movement. I just had this uh, flashback right now where I was doing a lot of bench press when I was young and I only had that strength on exactly that angle and exactly that bench with that movement pattern. But then as soon as I had to get down on the floor to do a push-up or something, I'm like, whoa, I cannot do as many push-ups. Why is that? Yeah, and because I've been always just doing one exercise with the bench press all the time so yeah. you know it's it's just amazing that your body really needs that variation yeah it's interesting i mean i'm in the running world and there's a lot of people who run but they just run they won't strength train they won't stretch they just run okay well there's great to your running boy, good job on your 20 marathons but uh, have you checked out your posture lately and you know you're setting yourself up for major injury if you do not stretch and work on balance etc but then we go into triathlon where those people are not only running but they're biking and they're swimming and they do their upper body is strong your upper body has endurance and their core muscles are so much more impressive so you know diversify just diversify and some people get stuck on well i'm not good at that good that's what i'm telling you to do go do something that you are lousy at And then your body will say, whoa, what's going on? And then you'll feel that soreness the next day and you'll say, woo, that was a different kind of workout. I felt that. Okay, well, that's your body saying that these muscles aren't really in top shape and they could use a little more of that thing that made you sore. So mix it up. Don't expect to be great. There's only one person that can be the best at anything. Other than that, the rest of us are just trying to better ourselves. And so... Um, nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares how much you're lifting or whether your dance moves are good. They're worried about themselves in an exercise class. So let your hair down and just yeah. just go be there for you. Yeah, perfect. And I think that especially nowadays, it's sometimes hard for people because they're so influenced by what social media is showing and yeah. saying, oh, look how those people look on social media and look how much they are lifting or look how flexible they are, look yeah. how pretty they look. And then people just get like this uh, complex yeah? and they think, oh my gosh, man, <laughs> I'm so far away from that. And I think that's just totally bad nowadays. Yeah, you just got to worry about yourself. You know, it's interesting. I I mentioned before that I had cancer and I went through 15 months of chemo and radiation surgery and I lost a ton of weight. I was a little skeleton. I was a, at some point, I was a weak little skeleton, the kind where my mom said, you look like you're in the Holocaust. You got to eat. And I said, I know, mom. I know. (laughs) I'm trying to eat. I just can't, you know. So I was very weak and I lost so much of my capabilities. And 
instead of thinking that I wasn't the girl I used to be, I didn't compare to this other girl on Instagram. I just, I was proud of me for showing up. I was proud of me for showing up to the gym. I was proud of myself that even on my sick days where I couldn't get up, I always stretched in bed and I did some strengthening in bed. Every single time I got in the shower, I stretched. You know, I was working on bettering myself. It doesn't matter to me what Princess Catherine's doing. She's fabulous, but her fitness and her shape has nothing to do with me. I also don't need to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson or perform the way he does. He's him and I'm me. And so if people could just be compassionate, even if you're unfit because you've chosen to be reckless, you've chose to be a drinker and a smoker and you've been lazy and you ate crap. Okay, fine. You still have to deal with you. You still have to live in your body. So just start moving forward. It doesn't matter what the other people are doing. Just do you. Make a better version of you. Exactly. And eventually, you'll get there. That's so important. Especially if you think, what is the baseline where I'm starting off from? So when you then went through that experience with the operation, chemo and everything, then you suddenly you have a new baseline and you say, okay, I will start off from that baseline and I'm going to progress from there. And some other people there started a different baseline because maybe they didn't have an injury or a sickness or anything. So therefore, everybody really has to see, okay, what is my starting point? And in case I get injured, then I have to reduce that starting point and just go on from there. I mean, how Paul appalling would it have been if I I was like, oh, I'm not curvy like Kim Kardashian. Whoa, is me. Really? I was dealing with cancer. Yeah. I didn't need to care about what's some Instagram model or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's absurd. Everyone needs to know that what other people think of you is none of your business. Yeah. And I mean that. Yeah. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. It's how you take care of yourself. That's all that matters. Everybody else's opinions they can keep. Don't yeah. even ask. Who cares? So, so true. I have an interesting question, which is about a person who's planning their training throughout the week. And you have group A that they say, I would like to achieve about 10 hours of training at the end of the week. The group B also wants to get 10 hours of training at the end of the week. The only difference is that one group, they do it every day for, let's say, 30 minutes or maybe 45 minutes. And the other group does it maybe only one or two, three times throughout the week, but increase the amount of time. So they do it like for two, three hours. What would be your feedback on that? Is it better to plan shorter trainings, but then every single day? Or is it okay to do it like every second day, but then a little bit longer? Yes. (laughs) Yes, for both. They're both just fine, depending on your wishes. It's funny. Sometimes people are like, oh my God, you want me to exercise a whole hour? That's crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, we know athletes who dedicate seven to 10 hours a day to their sport. There are gymnasts and our swimmers and our, you know, whatever. There's a ton of people moving their body for a long time. Your body was designed to move. So if you want to move it one day for three hours because you're out going to be hiking and then you want to come in and swim and do a little stretching, great. None of that sounds crazy to me. If you like consistency and 45 minutes a day works for you, fantastic. The only rules you really need to consider are with strength training. So when we properly train a muscle for improvement, we are actually damaging tiny muscle fibers. So let's say you do bicep curls. That's an easy one to reference. Do a lot of bicep curls, heavyweight, you get to your last rep and your biceps burned out. Well, you've actually torn tiny muscle fibers. And so science says that once you've done that damage, your body requires about 48 hours approximately to repair and rebuild this muscle. If you give that muscle 48 hours worth of rest, you will reap the benefits of your workout. Now, if you do a killer bicep workout today 
And then tomorrow, you do another killer bicep workout. Well, you've done the work, but you did not give your body enough chance to heal and repair and rebuild. And so all you're doing is breaking down. On occasion, I see very ignorant, very amateur created challenges on social media. It's the push-up challenge. We're going to do 50 push-ups every day for veterans. Okay, well, let's support our veterans, but duh, 50 push-ups every day. That means you're tearing down, tearing down, tearing down. Imagine doing a month of push-ups and still earning no benefit, right? So um, with strength training, it's and, and I'm talking about per muscle group. So you could do all your upper body muscles today, strength training, and then you could do strength training on your lower body muscles tomorrow. What I'm saying is just give each muscle 48 hours. You could do a whole body workout today, take tomorrow off in the whole body. Now with cardio, there are no such limitations. So you could do dancing today and swimming tomorrow and running the next and karate the next and <laughs> skiing, then cross country skiing. So ideally you have a diverse selection of cardio and you mix it up. And if you want to do it every day, great. If you want to do it every other day, great. You know when your body is being challenged and maybe you'll set higher goals for yourself and start including more days. Stretching can not only be done every day, it can be done all throughout the day. And I think you should. I think, you know, a post-workout stretch is where you make progress. It's where you gain flexibility. But throughout the day, if you're constantly stretching and moving your body, you will increase mobility, decrease tightness, which makes you more likely for pain and injury. And then last but not least, balance training. You can do that anywhere, any day, all the time if you want. I recommend just start by standing on one foot. Just stand on one foot. And if you're stable, great. If you're not, hold on to something and let go just for a little moment so you can practice. And you mentioned being in a yoga class and wobbling around. So with strength or with cardio, we know we're making progress when we're huffing and puffing. With strength, it normally is that grunt, right? You put a push up, you go, ah, or you lift, ah. That's the sign you're doing as something to make progress. With flexibility, it's usually like, this doesn't challenge me, this does. You know, when you get that little wince, yeah. then you know with stretching, you're making progress. And for balance training, you are only making progress if you are wobbling. So you standing in that class on one foot wobbling all over, You are making progress with balance. Your yoga instructor who could stand like a tree with her foot over her head, perfectly still, she wasn't making any progress. She was only doing what she could already do. And so, uh, so, so those are the boundaries, you know, do something. If it's balance training, if it's, if you're wobbling just on one foot, fine. Okay. (laughs) Keep doing that until you become stable. And at that point you can do something tricky, like close your eyes. Oh yes. And then you'll start seeing a major change in your balance and, and when your abdominal muscles your low back your hips your knees your your feet start adjusting to keep you upright that's when you know you're making progress so you know in fitness not very complicated there are some rules there are some guardrails and and hopefully i've shared almost all of them with you today but it also is really flexible and there are some very traditional motions for shoulder exercises for example but if i put a little dumbbell in my hand and I start moving in this weird kind of way, am I still making progress for my shoulders? I am. So don't feel uh, like you need to be in some perfect little box. You're moving your body. I'm going to celebrate that. Exactly. Especially that people do not know how many articulations and different directions that your body can actually move because they all think, oh, yeah. I'm just fixed into a specific motion. Yeah, Especially if they think about machines. I go to the gym, the machine goes only one direction and they think, oh, that's because uh-huh. that's the way I'm supposed to move. But no, that's not the way you're supposed to move. You're supposed to move in all directions. 
Well, that's such a great goal. And I always point out, you know, the shoulder is the most flexible joint in the body, I believe. And it's supposed to go in this wide range of motions. How many people put their shoulder through its range of motion? And that's a really important joint, right? We want to keep our shoulder joint healthy. Same thing for our hips. Our legs can really go in a big sweeping, swaying, circular motion. So a simple goal is to run our joints through their full range of motions every day. Can we do that? I think we can. It's simple. Everyone, you can do it at home. No equipment. It's free. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. Every year, we always see more studies about the human body and we understand how the human body works. But the number of unhealthy people in the world is always rising and rising. So we are getting older, but somehow we're getting sicker. And what do you think is the root cause of all of that? I mean, there's a whole bunch. It's the technology. It's the commitment to sitting down, the victim mentality, the snowflake mentality, the people who take no responsibility for themselves. They want to blame everybody. Well, I'm overweight because my parents are weight. No, you're overweight because you're doing the same damn things your parents did. They have horrible habits and now you have the horrible habits. This is your fault. You own your body and then you can own your success, right? Uh, There's too many people saying, I can't. I mean, it's just this really wimpy culture. I'm one of those really patriotic Americans and so proud of my country and so proud of our commitment to freedom and our willingness to sacrifice for freedom. But sometimes my pride really is more for those troops of the past, those patriots of the past who are willing to fight. And now we've got some people who just don't take it very seriously. And when you don't take freedom seriously... I don't know what else to tell you. Like, what else do you have? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's mental. I think people are mentally weak. I think they're enticed. They're drawn in by their phones and their iPads. And maybe the standards are just dropping, which is why I hope, Juan, through you to reach some more of your people and convince them to get up and get moving and take good care of themselves. Like, this stuff matters. And uh, only you can do it. Nobody is opening your mouth and shoving unhealthy food in there. Nobody's probably pinning you down saying, don't exercise today. (laughs) So we have to be responsible for ourselves. And with that, uh, we can make actual change. Exactly. Wow, that's so powerful. And I think one of the things that anyone can do is just to put it, first of all, into the calendar, into the schedule. If it's not in their schedule, they're going to do 30 minutes today of some type of movement, then it's just not going to happen because they say, oh, I just got into the phone call and then I had to do this. And then I went to pick up the kids and I come to the end of the day and say, oh, I didn't do it. But it again, it was not scheduled in your calendar. So schedule it like everything else yeah, that you have, like picking up the kids, going to the groceries, yeah. getting a haircut or whatever you schedule in your calendar, but schedule also your activities for yourself. And I agree wholeheartedly. And here's the other thing that I think people need to know is there is no quick fix for this. Fitness is not something you can buy in a pill or a bottle or a powder. There are going to be so many people trying to sell them to you say, here's a bottle full of powder and this is the answer and here's a pill. Even the Ozempic craze right now, Ozempic makes you more likely to be diagnosed with certain cancers. Are are we kidding? Really? I've done cancer, been there. I am not doing anything that makes me more likely to have cancer. So, I mean, I don't know. There is no free and easy clear shot pill or powder that is going to give you health and only health. The only way to achieve health is by pursuing these four pillars of fitness and watching what you put in your mouth. You do not have to be perfect. I promise you, you do not. You just have to constantly aim a little higher, do a little more, and your results should be impressive. And hopefully at minimum, that 10 years of added quality of life for sure. 
That's so amazing. I have two final questions for today. And the second last question is, what is your definition of happiness? You know, I'm a joy addict. It's happiness. Freedom, number one. And uh, happiness is getting to do the things I want to do with the people I want to do them. Yeah, yeah. Usually those people aren't my dogs, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing. One can learn so much from animals. Yeah, just by observing your dogs, you're like, oh my gosh! Yeah, that actually more humans should adopt that kind of characteristical traits. Yeah, that they have. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And when I when I get stuck on technology, it's usually because I'm watching great animal yeah. videos. So <laughs> they're so addictive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because dogs are really. Well, my wife calls them goofballs, yeah, because they're just so funny, mm -hmm. yeah. They do not try to be funny, but they're just funny. <laughs> and they're just yeah. so lovely creatures. I think the more we learn about nature and the more we learn about animals, and, and like now, as, yeah. as we also have a dog at home, then we started opening our viewpoint on other animals and see, well, are others so lovely, like our dog as well? And then we just notice, yeah. wow, other animals also have their own character, they have their own personality, and they have, yeah, it's just amazing. So I'm a vegetarian, not for health reasons. I'm a vegetarian just because I have friends that are chickens and yeah. friends that are cows. But yeah, it's just they're I, my animals are my friends. Yeah, so exactly. Together with my wife, we are plant-based since almost 10 years yeah. now. I'm almost getting to my 50s and I feel much better today than when I was a teenager. Yeah, I feel super, super energetic and all that brain fog is gone. I don't feel tired throughout the day and I'm thinking, wow, that's amazing. You put quality food into your body and you just thrive like a sports car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, are you familiar with America's Tom Brady? No. Okay, so he's the greatest... American football player of all time. He's a quarterback. He's okay. handsome. He was married to Giselle and he's, you know, won the Super Bowl eight times or something, but he's plant-based and uh, he is, I think, also one of the oldest people to play in the NFL. He's wow. in his 40s and he's still going strong Yeah, and he's plant-based. And hey, you know, I don't want to believe anyone into making that decision, but you should know that you can and will have a very healthy, satisfied life if you do vegetarianism or plant-based the right way, which yeah. is, you know, making sure you get in your protein sources and you don't have to actually be a vegetarian or a vegan. You don't have to put a label on it. You could just make one meal decision at a time. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have a steak for dinner. That's your choice. But maybe for lunch, you're having all vegetables and whole grains and, you know, a little more of that, a little less of the other might put you in a better place as well. Yeah, that's again that continuous improvement mindset. It's not always black or white. You can always do that transition and just see. And how does your body resonate with it? How do you feel about it? Also, I have seen a few people who have gone vegetarian or vegan, but they said, well, I'm just as unhealthy as before. And they said, yeah, but, you know, Today, you have a lot of options compared to before when you're vegetarian or vegan, but you are buying all of those options in the supermarket, like that processed uh, hamburger patties, <laughs> processed yeah, this, yeah, processed yeah. that. So, you know, of course, you're not going to lose weight. Of course, you're not going to feel radiant and vibrant yeah, because you're still eating all that processed food. So that's why a lot of people think that, oh, that was not for me. But you have to maybe think about, am I really eating the vegetables and fruits that, that's coming regional and, and local? And <laughs> yeah. There's a huge difference between being vegetarian and being a healthy person. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, the chips and the crackers and the <laughs> bread and the sugar and the cake. Cake yeah. is vegetarian. It's not vegan. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, you got to make better choices. I'm a kid. I was not really raised on veggies. I, w I would have a basic salad, but never grilled vegetables. My mom always gave us lots of fruit. 
But it wasn't until I was about 20 and I was dating a guy who he, he said, I'm going to cook you dinner. And I thought, ooh, that sounds great. I went to his house and he made me chicken, and which I was still eating chicken at that point. And he made me grilled broccoli and cauliflower. And I thought, ah. Oh, gross but he was so handsome I thought <laughs> all right I should I gotta eat it because he's so cute and I liked it yeah. and then later he made me onions and peppers and again I thought ew but then I liked it so yeah. he's really opened up my horizons and you know an old dog can learn new tricks so if you're one of those people who just says I hate vegetables okay give it a try yeah. give it a try exactly if I think my life before turning plant-based, I think actually today I'm trying out more things and, and more delicious things than before. Because before I had either chicken, beef or turkey, maybe fish. And then on the top I had rice, potatoes or maybe two, three little veggies. Yeah, And so that was it. Yeah. And either you combine it however you want to combine it. Yeah, You just combine it a little bit different one week to another week. But that was more or less the basics of what I was eating. But today it's just like so many different options out there. Yeah, And also yeah. the um, the spices that you can use because at the end if you would eat a beef that it was not spiced up it's not going to taste good and it's just the same like right. like a vegetable or and you don't put spices in it it's, it's not going to taste good so you just have to spice it just as good as you do any other meal out there <laughs> yeah and i'll say this i do not drink weird green stuff like <laughs> all the people think oh i have to have the juice no no real vegetables i chew them yeah. you get far fewer calories than in juice but people who are always shoving this blended <laughs> liquid Ugh, no thank you so don't don't feel obligated to be weird in fitness you just eat, eat the things you like and slowly expand the good stuff and decrease the bad stuff exactly and usually the bad stuff comes in barcode labels then it's maybe not created by nature it was maybe created by some company right. so if it's created by companies then give it a second thought and why don't you just opt more for things that was created by planet earth yeah <laughs> Yeah, and eating healthy doesn't have to be more expensive. I buy all of my produce in season. I mean, there's maybe a few things that I'll get out of season, but you know, I'm not buying a watermelon in December. Yeah. I can get a watermelon, a whole big watermelon for a great price in July. Exactly. Uh, so eat foods that are in season and know that frozen foods are just as healthy as fresh foods. Frozen foods are usually flash frozen, so they're preserving their nutrition instantly and they stay frozen even in transportation. So fresh fruits and veggies will lose nutrition in transportation. You know, you pull it out of the ground, it starts diminishing their, the positive qualities start diminishing along the way. But when they're frozen, there is no loss of nutrition. So you're actually getting some really good choices. And of course, I mean, here you can buy frozen foods, buy one, get one on sale or 50% off or so forth. So uh, frozen foods are a really smart way to get your produce at an affordable price. Fantastic. That's really good. Do you have in the US the initiative where when supermarkets are throwing away things or vegetables or fruits that are maybe not in the perfect size or not in the perfect shape or maybe are banged up a little bit, that there is a company who picks them up at the end of the day and then they would sell it for a reduced price? So there are definitely, and, and that's a private sector mm -hmm. type thing, not a government funded, but yeah, I know there's groceries giving away food instead of allowing it to go bad, giving it to maybe homeless shelters. Oh, okay. or there is a thing in, in my hometown. What's it called? It's called Food Share. Mm -hmm. And it's on Wednesday and Sunday. It's just at this big parking lot. They bring out truckfuls of food. And anyone, you don't even have to prove hardship. You can just show up and get groceries from 
this food share. It's really cool. It's really cool. So yeah, yeah. I don't think they're throwing a lot of that stuff in the trash. I do believe they're moving it forward responsibly. Fantastic. So we have come to the end of our episode for today. It was amazing. The hour passed pretty fast. And I have the final question for you, which is where can my listeners find you and what are the services that you offer? Oh, thank you. Well, it's been a real privilege to talk about fitness with you. It's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me for that. So my home base is fitness.com. It's my name, Fitz, F-I-T-Z. N-E-S-S.com. So just, or, or F-I-T-Z, N-E-S-S, I should say, .com. Everything is there. Uh, I've got a ton of free resources at fitness.com. That exact formula for weight loss is there. And then I've got some other things. I have a five-plus-hour online training course that will take everybody baby steps from beginning to end on being your own fitness expert, knowing exactly all the things you need to know to train yourself into the best shape possible. That course is called Fixing Your Life with Fitness. I also have my books available at fitness.com. I'm the author of the Cancer Comeback series. So I hope 0% of your listeners have cancer, but I believe every last one of them loves someone with cancer, cares about someone with cancer. So Uh, My most recent books are Your Healthy Cancer Comeback, Sick to Strong. That's a guidebook for cancer patients to slow the decline during treatment and rebuild their bodies and their minds to get back to healthy and vibrant post. And then there's a companion journal, the Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal. And that's a great place to store all your diagnosis, scans, details, faith, feelings, fun stuff. And then, of course, there's my memoir, My Noisy Cancer Comeback. But those are available on Amazon worldwide and other book retailers. And then I'm at Fitness on social media. So if you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, that's Fitness. And I'm on LinkedIn. And what I would hope, Juan, is that... People, if they follow, they'll get uh, quality content in return. However, really what I'd prefer them do is comment and say, I heard you on the Health, Happiness, and Planet podcast, and I'd like to connect because I would much rather have friends than followers, and I mean that. So um, anyone's welcome to you know, click like or hello and, and say hi. That would mean a lot to me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll be putting all of that into the show notes just in case the listeners cannot take notes at the moment. Then at least they can click on the link and they will have direct access to all of your products and services. And I hope that a lot of the listeners will also reach out. So thank you so, so much, Fitz. It has been a wonderful conversation. And well, I hope to see you soon again in another episode, perhaps. (laughs) Thanks, Juan. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. This was such an energizing conversation. I hope this episode with Fitz has made you reflect on the amount of exercise or movement you incorporate during the day. Our human body was made to move around, to get around, to climb, to crawl, to lift, to stretch for things, sprint, jump, and much more. If we would not work in a desk job or any other job where we do not get to move much, then it is very important that we incorporate the missed movements of the day into our workouts so we can keep our body functional, mobile, balanced and strong. I personally tend to sit a lot for work, but I try to balance that out by taking barefoot walks three to four times a day and my target is to achieve around about 10,000 steps per day. Additionally, I stretch every few hours and include a 30 to 45 minute workout at the end of my working day. 
I also encourage you to pick up at least one action point from today's episode and see how it positively impacts your energy. Tell me what you have tried and what outcome you have experienced and tag me on Instagram. My account is called health underscore happiness underscore planet. In the show notes, you will find the links on where to find fits. This podcast was sponsored by Wave Business Excellence Footprint, an online training company that cares about your career development, your personal development and the well-being of this planet we call home. On the website www.wave-bef.com, you will find courses designed for managers and for employees who strive to become the leaders of tomorrow. I value your feedback and I would love to hear from you. Please rate, subscribe and share this episode with those whom you think will profit from this information. Your support means the world to me and it motivates me to keep producing content that adds value to your life. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Big hugs, everyone.